Welcome to Agency for Change, the podcast that brings you the stories of people creating positive change in the world. We explore what inspires these change makers, the work they're doing, and how they share their message. Each of us can play a part in change. And these are the people who show us how. Hello, fellow change makers. This is Kelly Peterson, nonprofit creative director from Kid Glove. Welcome to another episode of the Agency for Change podcast. Today, I have the opportunity to talk with Dr. Melody Bell, founder and CEO of Financial Beginnings, a nonprofit that teaches individuals how to play an active role in their financial well being. While working in the financial industry, Melody encountered many people who had failed to protect themselves financially, leaving them little money for savings or personal security and delaying their life goals, such as a higher education, retirement, and home ownership. Having these experiences are what inspired Melody to create a nonprofit organization that provides unbiased personal financial education to youth and adults called Financial Beginnings. I can't wait to learn more. Melody, how are you today? Great. Thanks so much for, for having me on. It's um, always a pleasure to uh, be able to talk to like-minded individuals and, and talk about what we do. Wonderful. Melody, Financial Beginnings has been around for more than 15 years. Can you tell us how your organization's early focus on filling an education gap in local schools has evolved to providing financial literacy programming nationwide? Well, I can tell you in 15 years, it's very different than, than how it started. I, I really just, you know, wanted to start out by educating some kids on a, a valuable life skill. Started here in Portland, Oregon, and uh, I was actually completing my graduate degree at the time. And now 15 years later, we're, you know, serving over 40,000 nationally. Don't worry, I don't have to do it all now anymore. We have had, you know, we have hundreds of volunteers now that, that help us to be able to do that. And it's really exciting just to see how the um, programming and the curriculum have evolved, the the infrastructure, and and you know it's very humbling. We've created something that's that's being replicated and, and allowed to, you know, be able to meet specific needs of the the markets that we serve. That is a wonderful thing, as you stated. Your website states that your vision is for a financially literate nation where individuals cease to see finances as a barrier and instead view them as a tool to realize their dreams. What are the ways Financial Beginnings works to make this vision a reality? You know, when, when we're doing this, we're really seeking to increase an individual's knowledge in finance. But it's not just enough to know, you know, and have that knowledge. You actually have to be able to be capable and have access to the financial services and resources that are available. And we were very intentional in the wording of our vision because we want to educate individuals to be financially empowered and then have that lead to systemic change. I love the sound of that systemic change and, you know, mm -hmm. being a change making and podcast of change makers, you are the perfect one to talk to for sure. <laughs> How has the work of financial beginnings made positive change for people? You know, I would love to say that we are the end all be all of, of leading people to be have financial well-being. But, you know, quite honestly, 
it's more than we can tackle. And so, you know, what we're seeking to do is to really help individuals to have that knowledge because, you know, knowledge is power, but then also, you know, have that, that capabilities. And so when I'm talking about capabilities is it's being able to really put that knowledge to use. And, and so being able to go out and, and seek services or do research to, to make those smart decisions to, to help. And so, you know, really with us, it, we're just one piece of, of the puzzle. Uh, we work with several other uh, community groups that bring individuals together, be it that school or a nonprofit like, like Girl Scouts. They have those individuals and then we bring the education to them. Excellent. Can you talk about the impact of your work that you've seen firsthand? Of course, because that's what I prefer to speak about. Although I don't get to spend as much time in the classroom as I did years ago, I do make it a point to be in the classroom regularly and, and connect with those students that we are, are serving with our programming. And so I've had students that, that connect with me on LinkedIn or even, you know, email me years after going through one of our lessons, just proud to share of the accomplishments. Like, you know, maybe it's buying a car or maybe it's obtaining their, you know, their desired career. Some students have even turned into volunteers and educated the next generations with our lessons. Wow, that makes me sound kind of old that we have another generation going through. But yes, that is the case now after 15 years. Wow, that has to be extremely satisfying to have a previous student of yours or or someone that you've helped and then turn that back around and, and see them doing that for themselves. And, and also those stories of wow, you know, buying a home, buying a car. Wow. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Well, I know that the pandemic has thrown everyone for a loop, but as we are in the midst of COVID-19, I'm curious how this has impacted the work that you're doing. Yeah. So just like so many organizations, you know, one of the the key terms of 2020 was pivoting. um, And we definitely had to pivot. We are a in classroom programs or we're, we're connecting with students in the classroom. And so, you know, for, for example, if you look at, you know, the spring of 2019 as compared to 2020 and 2019, we were in over 500 classrooms and, you know, in March we all got sent home. And so even though the in-person programming, you know, came to a halt, we still found that there was a lot of demand for it. And, and we saw it because we offered our curriculum online for downloads and we saw a year over year increase of 38%. And so in addition to just offering our resources for downloads, we also began giving lessons via webinar. We offered you know, supplemental videos that educators could incorporate into their lesson plans. And then we have also been able to convert our elementary and our high school programs into a learning management system that actually allows for the course to be facilitated or even just self-guided through the lesson. So definitely it was a heavy lift, not to mention that last year was our 15-year anniversary. So I definitely had a different vision for 2020 than, than how it actually ended up. Well, it sounds like you did a lot of pivoting then. <laughs> that wasn't anticipated, but good yeah. for you. And those numbers that you stated are, are really remarkable of how many you were able to touch and then using your, maybe not financial resources, but using your technology resources to get your message out. It, it's just really wonderful. And even with the online, it's something that can continue beyond, even when they go back into the classroom, you know, it'll really help for us to, you know, even if we don't have boots on the ground and, you know, maybe like a rural area, uh, we're still able to to offer those lessons. So it is going to end up being a really good, you know, complement to our programming, even when we go back in the classroom. 
Excellent. Melody, you shared an article on social media titled, Despite Stimulus Help, Fewer Than Four in Ten Americans Could Pay for an Emergency $1,000 Expense. What are your thoughts on this and how can financial beginnings help now and when we are on the other side of the pandemic? Yeah, you know, I would like to say I was surprised by this, but I'm not um, by this statistic. You know, there was a, a similar survey by Bankrate in, in 2016 that showed that four in 10 individuals cannot cover even a $500 expense. And with the, the hardships that people are experiencing now, you know, even if you had, say, that three to six months of uh, emergency fund, that is not getting people by even now with the, the long term ramifications of the pandemic. And so it's, it's you know, we cannot compare this time to anything in, in previous history. What I think it really does solidify is that just the need for, for our organization and serving our missions, these turbulent economic times really just show how important it is for us to be financially empowered to, to be able to weather things, hopefully not a pandemic ever again, but life is going to throw us situations. And so it is important to, to set ourselves up to where it doesn't devastate us. Yeah. Who knew when previously a plan for three to six months, you would have that emergency fund ready to go. And then something like this lasting, you know, nine months to a year. And, and I don't know that we've seen the end of it yet. So no, no one anticipated that. And, and if you were in a financial situation prior then this just makes it that much worse. And I, and I know that communities are feeling that all over the world and people yeah. all over the world. So Financial Beginnings educates over 40,000 individuals annually. What a number. <laughs> what are some of the greatest stories you have heard that demonstrate the outcome of your work? You know, I love it when I hear about the stories that the impact that we're having and, and maybe you don't realize it at the time when you're in front of a student, but, you know, we'll have stories like a student that comes in after our lessons and the teacher says how they, you know, just keep talking about it and how that conversation expanded for many classes afterwards. Or I've had a student go back to an educator with a handful of cash asking if the teacher would help them to open their family's first bank account. I mean, that's, that's a change that is going to affect the whole family. And we've had, um, I had a letter from uh, a parent that they sent saying, wow, my child came home to tell us about renter's insurance. I didn't know I needed renter's insurance and it's relatively inexpensive. And so it's, it's very encouraging when you start to think about how those lessons are, are going beyond the classroom and, and opening up that conversation with families that, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, are not happening either because of the comfort level or, you know, just not sure where to start. And so it is exciting when, when you can hear about that impact and what that ripple effect is. Yeah, just from that one family that brought in the dollars and said, help us open this account, that affects future generations of everyone. Yeah. Really leaves a simple legacy in just in that one moment of opening that account. So, wow. And renter's insurance. <laughs> yeah. It's not something that a lot of people think about. And it, there was also uh, another article on your social media of that, where do people get that financial education from? And so if uh, uh, there's a believers that think it should be parents and believers that believe it should be the education system and probably everything in between, but 
yeah, it, it's hard to think that those things aren't being mentioned um, for kids to, to take home or even that their parents might not know about them. So yeah, and it's a community issue. It really is that, you know, we all need to, to do our part to one of us shouldn't bear the, the burden of, of educating our next generation. <laughs> Absolutely. I completely believe that. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your story, Melody. How did your path lead you to this kind of work? Yeah, thanks. It's definitely not where I thought I would be when I was younger. I did I did grow up in a household that when I was young, we were low income. I really saw that transition to middle income when my mom graduated from college when I was 10. I remember the food getting better. And and, <laughs> and, and so, so budgeting was definitely something that was instilled in me. But there, there were a lot of other aspects that we teach now that, you know, my parents weren't sure, you know, how to talk to me about investing or, you know, maybe in, in insurance, you know. And so, so I actually put myself through college working in collections. I, and even worse, a department store, a credit card that's, you know, 23% interest and, and, and really got excited about money. I was one of those dorks at 18 that set up an IRA and started sucking money away. And I found that I was interested in, in having a profession in finance. So I majored in finance worked as a financial advisor, worked in the insurance industry. So kind of worked in several facets of the financial industry and just saw that people are ill prepared to enter adulthood and decided, you know, I remember a friend of mine said, you know, we need to teach this in schools. And I decided again, this is a community issue that we all should wrap around it. And so that's why I decided to take the, the course of nonprofit and to start a nonprofit to address all these different facets of finance. And like I said, just started off teaching some kids and now it's definitely gone uh, well beyond what I would have expected. Melody, what advice do you have for leaders who want to inspire change? I would say don't get caught up in what you don't know because you can learn it. Uh, you know, as I said, I didn't have nonprofit experience. I didn't even have education experience. You know, I, I continued to go back to school. I do now feel qualified to, to do what I do. But yeah, and also I think that founders tend to think that they have to do it all. And you really need to feel comfortable in asking for, for help. And, and quite honestly, I always try to surround myself with individuals that I know are smarter than I am because then I can feed off of that knowledge and, and be able to in, improve myself. And so I think having that, having that humility and being okay with that is, is going to make you stronger. I like both of those perspectives, very inspiring too. So thank you for that. So the next thing, could you give us in a few of your own words of wisdom that I could share as inspiration to our listeners? I won't lay claim that, that these are my own words, but it's something I say all the time is really that the only failure is not trying. And, you know, I think so many people have these wonderful intentions and wonderful ideas and worry about failing at them. And so it's, it's just so important to realize that if you don't try, that is a failure. Yeah. Fear is a interesting thing in life. And I, I think it's, in the stories that you've told so far, even the, their 
you get more fearful the older you get. But the child coming home and asking their parent about renter's insurance, there's not a lot of fear there. <laughs> that there might be some fear in the parent of responding to that. <laughs> well, that's why I think it's such a great approach. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I feel like, yeah, that's where it's so important because you, you again, you, if, if you're an adult, like we either think we know everything or we don't know what we don't know, right? So we're not going to go out and seek that information necessarily. And so looking at it is, is, is educating the family as a whole through the children, like you said, is, is amazing because the, the parents, one, think they know it all or just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And children are our future. So they'll get us there. Absolutely. So for our listeners who would like to learn more about your work and support you, how can they find out more about financial beginnings? Yeah, so in Nebraska here specifically, we have our website is finbegne.org, finbegne.org. And also feel free, financialbeginnings.org, or, or just Google us. And uh, if you have, are looking maybe for another area, maybe you have family in another area or another market, you can be able to find a, a local office near you to, to help to bring the education there. Great. As we wrap up our time together today, what is the most important thing you would like our listeners to remember about financial beginnings? You know, really, we're community driven and we're, we're a resource here available for you. All of our programs are provided at no cost. So that doesn't mean that we can do it alone. You know, we seek partners with schools and, and community groups that, that have an audience and, and want to bring this education to them. We rely on volunteers who are willing to, you know, take our curriculum and bring it to, to life in the classroom. And we make it super, super easy. And don't feel like you need to be a financial expert. I would say some of our most frequent uh, volunteers are not even in the financial industry. I mean, this is information that that we all hope to, to know. And so really just, yeah, we're a community resource and, and we hope to, to engage you to, to help educate our next generation. Excellent. So I'm sure that you could support a, do a financial donation. So it's that time, treasure, and talent that you're looking for, <laughs> all of those things. Volunteerism, partners, and that's really something as a nonprofit organization to, to offer the services that you do at no cost to others. And that's no small undertaking. And it does take an entire community to, to pull that off and to make that happen. So, and you've been doing that for 15 years, which is <laughs> such a wonderful thing. So Melody, thank you for sharing how Financial Beginnings empowers youth and adults to take control of their financial futures. I appreciate your time and your willingness to share your changemaker story with us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelly. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Agency for Change. If you're enjoying these inspiring stories, please subscribe. Is there a changemaker you'd like to recommend for this podcast? Just visit the Kid Glove website at kidglov.com to share or to listen to more stories about the people behind positive change.